Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Week 2 DraftKings Picks, preview by position, the best stacks, and of course, the play of the best plays lineup, which has a new name. During football season, you can always hit the time codes to jump to the spots that you want, but I do want to let you know to smash the like button to the episode, sub to Mayo Media Network, and in the comment section, give me your favorite Sub $4,000 receiver this week on the DraftKings main site. This is Millionaire Maker Slate only, so if you're asking me, like, where's this guy in the Monday night game? Well, it's very clear you've never played DraftKings before, have you? Keep your fucking comments to yourself, pal, all right? Just listen, watch the show, sit back, try to win some cash. You want to tell a computer what to do or have a computer tell you what to do? RunTheSims.com, optimizer, prop bets, single game simulations that's completely customizable. You can take what the computer says or you can just punch in your numbers and the computer will tell you if that's ludicrous or not. RunTheSims.com slash Mayo to get a 10% discount. The Listener's League link is, league is almost full for week two. There's 400 spots left you can get. The link down in the description. You might want to get on that early because it seems like it's going to fill by Thursday afternoon every single week right now as the show drops. Chris Raybon from the Action Network is on the line to help me break this down. What is going on, my man? What's going on, Pat? Thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited to talk some DFS. Yeah, you're you're a busy man. I, I'm I'm so glad that you were able to free up an hour here to talk to me. <laughs> oh, always, always. Yeah. Pleasure. And now I get to like listen to you later on today when I scroll through my podcast. So it's going to be fun. <laughs> I, I, I have to hold off on listening to anything you do as I have you on the show. I want it to be fresh. Let's jump into running backs to kick everything off. Christian McCaffrey, no big shocker. Number one in the DraftKings pricing by $800 over Dalvin Cook. He's 91. Kamara, Derrick Henry are the only other two above $8,000. Now, None of these guys outside of maybe Derrick Henry are in games that I think that people are actively going to target as a part of stacks this week. So it's probably going to be a lot of one-offs with the top end running backs. And I doubt you're going to see as many paired together like they were last week. Like it was pretty easy to make Kamara McCaffrey lineups if you really wanted to yep. last week. And maybe that's a way that you can approach this this week to be a little bit contrarian. But are you going to have these guys, one of these guys at least, in your main lineup? And why is it Christian McCaffrey? I, so, I mean, obviously, Christian McCaffrey is always the jamming in guy every single week. Um, but I am strongly considering Alvin Kamara. Um, just you look at the Saints right now and – they have to lean on him. Like, they have to give him uh, touches. They have to make him the centerpiece of the offense. And then they've done that most of the time before. But remember, when Michael Thomas is out, Alvin Kamara averages 30 PPR points per game. You know, like, it's it's nuts. So Alvin Kamara is the guy, the other guy I'm looking at. You know, Derrick Henry, I think, you know, Seattle plays a little better run defense than people think. So it could be a kind of a repeat of last week, or at least there's the floor, that situation. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I think he's always great, but I don't like that he's going against the same defense that shut Derrick Henry down last week. So it's obviously between Kamara and, uh, and McCaffrey, but um, Kamara is going to definitely make it into, into a lot of my builds. Yeah, just looking at the points per dollar at Run the Sims right now, Kamara actually projects out to be a better value on the board because he's $1,100 cheaper. And then what that allows you to do with the rest of your lineups. I'm a bit pressed on it because if Kamara had just scored a second touchdown last week, I would have won like five figures. And then he didn't, so <laughs> I didn't. 
So I don't want to hold that against him because I, I am completely with you. It's just, it's really tough just seeing Christian McCaffrey score 30 points without scoring a touchdown. That What if he scores oh, two yeah. touchdowns in this game? Is it going to be like 50 points? Yeah, I mean, I like, listen, I'm never going to argue with uh, McCaffrey and he may very well end up as my main running back in my builds, but I'm just, I just got to give Kamara a shout out. He First of all, he got 20 carries. That's usually like, eight higher than he, than he usually gets and let's remember it was alvin Kamara on christmas day last year that was that scored like infinity touchdowns so it's not like he doesn't have the same uh capabilities so um i don't think you could go wrong with either one uh, but Kamara just kind of jumped out at me uh with that 1100 hour discount considering he's going to be treated very similarly to christian mccaffrey in the saints offense and all the coaches are sick so uh yeah it's like hey get to Kamara next week all right, let's go. Like, yeah. That's going to be the game plan because there is no game plan. And, and there should be, unless the Saints go into Carolina and absolutely wax them like they did with Green Bay last week, you'd have to think that more receiving game work for Kamara because I did bet his over five and a half last week. I really enjoyed that prop. And then the game just didn't. <laughs> I mean, I thought the Saints would cover, potentially win, did not see them winning like that, which kills his entire receiving game. So if this game's more of a boat race or stays a little bit closer, I would expect to see his receiving game numbers tick back up. Yeah, I think it's always going to be a little muted um, in games where you like, like they're still a favorite. It's still Carolina. It's still Sam Darnold. So uh, it's it's not a game where you expect the Saints to get behind and have to be thrown all day. But again, Kamara has this upside where he could get like a 40% target share in any game. You know, I know he didn't get it last game, but they also didn't throw a lot either. Um, so yeah, uh, I think obviously McCaffrey projects for the most raw points of the week. Uh, Kamara is probably going to give you a little better value. So it's just going to come down to who you're, uh, how you're, how you're building the rest of your lineup, really. Um, but those are the two guys that I'm looking at uh, just because I think they're much higher floor, higher ceiling. Well, same ceiling, but higher floor guys than Cook and Henry for this week. Do you think that the ownership discount, because everyone's going to go to see McSee and Kamara, that you have Henry, you have Cook. Cook's upside, I think, is higher just based on his receiving work. Maybe not like overall upside. His like 99th percent outcome is probably lower than Derrick Henry's because Derrick Henry might score 20 touchdowns in a game, all on 80-yard runs or something like that. So let's not think about that one. Let's think about his like 85th percentile outcome. It feels like Cook's is higher. And I don't think that people are going to use him and this seems like a pretty good, re- like both Tennessee and Minnesota are in excellent rebound spots this week. Like if we think about these teams like we did going into week one. I think that most people think they're pretty good. They're not abysmal like they looked in week one. So do you factor in preseason expectations of what we thought about these players, what we thought about these teams before last week without putting too much week one, like mustard on the sauce being like, oh, well, Minnesota sucks. They can't block anyone. Maybe they needed a week to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, preseason expectations is just like the cool way, uh, the digestible way to say like, you know, your Bayesian priors and, um, you know, what you're kind of factoring into your projections. And absolutely, like, you know, in my projection spreadsheet, yeah, I'm importing the data from week one. But, you know, as we go into week two, there's still a lot of preseason projection factored in because you only have one week of data for the new season. So um, totally agree, I think. But it's also it comes down to pricing as well. Right. So. I look at the the slate and I see, you know, Cook and Henry, and then I say, okay, who could give me that same range of outcomes at even a lower price? And I look like, you know, to the fifth running back on that list, and it's Nick Chubb. And I'm like, okay, is Nick Chubb Nick, Nick Chubb really any worse off than Derrick Henry in this 
spot? No, because he actually probably has a, a the same ceiling as Derrick Henry. You know, he has that multiple touchdown ceiling. It's Houston, so you know it's a game where even though Kareem Hunt's in the backfield, Chubb still has that twenty carry upside. So um, I'm still gonna go. You know, Kamara McCaffrey. Uh, you know, a little bit overexposed to those guys. Still not. I'll have a little cook in Henry. I think the more uh, the bigger the tournament, the more you want to have some of those guys. But they're still the price, the value at the price point is still not great for those guys. So you know, the, the, I think in tournaments, I tend to go a little more mid range. You know, with my roster because I think that's how you kind of fit the necessary upside in and get those lower owned plays. So um, in this this week, I think you have to kind of still look at a guy like Chubb, even though he's going to be higher owned. Um, because he's also saving you so much uh, salary. So when we go down from Chubb to the $6,000 range, you can probably find even cheaper versions of Chubb and Henry in the 6,000. Like Najee Harris is right there. But yep. And much has been made about the 100% of the snaps that he played last week. But there's enough people who don't look at that data and understand and interpret what that means to think like, oh man, he had a bad game. Like he, he dropped three passes. He didn't really drop three passes. Ben just didn't throw it to him properly on three passes. And this is a much better spot, not against the Bills defense, against a Raiders defense, who played Monday night, played five quarters on Monday night. This is really setting up to Pittsburgh absolutely walloping Vegas in this spot. Now, I think that the public perception is going to feed into that as well, and maybe Vegas ends up with another upset in this spot. They just can go undefeated against the AFC North this year for whatever reason. I don't know, but Harris seems like he's in a great spot. And another guy who's sort of akin to that, two of them, Carson and David Montgomery, both in really nice situations, way cheaper, both $6,100. If we're looking for someone to touch the ball 20 times, it's probably going to be them. They just have significantly easier matchups than a lot of these guys. Yeah, I think Najee Harris stands out to me still because at the end of the day, we know that volume is king at running back. And as you mentioned, this Vegas defense it's tired. You know, they gave up a, a ton of production to the Ravens running backs. I mean, you know, they gave up a couple of touchdowns, a couple of long runs. So, I mean, I know it's Baltimore, but uh, Baltimore's backfield is not exactly in great shape right now. So uh, Pittsburgh's, you know, the big guys are at home. It's always easier for those big guys, uh, you know, to play ball when they sleep in their own beds. And, you know, it's not some just uncomfortable hotel bed. And they haven't fl- flown that week and sat in those cramped seats. So uh, I think you'll get a good game out of Harris. I like him there. Montgomery, I'm like, eh, on because I the Rams clearly just begged Chicago to run the ball, right? And Cincinnati, I mean, their defense isn't nearly as strong as the Rams, but will the, you know, the, the game plan could be a little bit different here. So uh, Montgomery is probably a guy that I'd rather uh, let other people kind of buy, you know, buy high on that, you know, that primetime game I know you know it was a primetime game so I'm sure he'll he's probably going to get a little more ownership than we think uh and then Zeke I I like Zeke you know I think Dallas should lean on him uh this week even though it's going to be a high scoring game but either way I mean you're talking about a game I know there's some things going on with you know the O-line still but Dallas just lost to Marcus Lawrence I mean he was weeps and bounds ahead of any other defender in that in that Tampa Bay game and it was still a shootout so I think this game has massive shootout potential. So Zeke really stands out there too. Um, and, and Najee Harris, those are the two guys for me. And then like, I think that Urban Meyer is going to like, he always like reverses course, like late. Like he's like, Oh, hire a cancelable coach, fire him. Oh, sign Tim Tebow, 
drop Tim Tebow. So it's like, is this the week James Robinson gets 20 carries? Maybe. The problem is it's going, it's Denver. So I still don't want really much to do with it, uh, especially at 6,400. But I wouldn't be surprised if he gets like, you know, 15, 20 carries this week. Yeah, I so I think there are two guys in the 6K range that if we're talking about the low ownership, high upside running back, I think there's two of them. James Robinson is one. I'm less inclined to play him because, A, Urban Meyer, who knows what he's going to end up doing. And the matchup, I mean, the matchups are matchups. If you break off one big run, the matchup doesn't matter anymore. You get five carries from the one-yard line, you punch. Look at Josh Jacobs last week. Horrible game, scored two touchdowns, ended up coming through. I think it's Miles Sanders in this spot, or Jonathan Taylor. One of those two guys at 72 and 69. No one's going to own them this week because Eckler's right there. We'll get to Eckler in a second. And then all these cheap guys that I just talked about, whether it be Montgomery, whether it be Harris, they're going to buy up a lot of this ownership if people aren't paying up for McCaffrey. But the way I look at it is, and before we get into Eckler and Zeke, Carson... Harris, that's Najee Harris, not Damian Harris. Although Damian Harris is in a pretty nice spot if you don't believe like the coach speak. But Daryl Henderson at $7,500. Even if Sony Michelle ends up playing a little bit more and is more integrated into this offense. Like the Colts couldn't shut down Chris Carson last week. They're going to have to really sell out to defend the pass in this game. And I mean, he touched the, he accounted for 94% of the Rams rushes last week. Just give him 80% of those. And he might feast on the Indianapolis Colts here, especially if he's still controlling all of the goal line work. I've already bet his over under prop at 54 and a half rushing yards. That just seemed hilariously low to me. And that was only at minus 120 at the moment. You can find it at DK Sportsbook. I think at DK Sportsbook is minus 115 right now as well. So I think that all of those guys are going to be somewhat popular and the move might be play three of those running backs together, two in the running back, one in the flex. And then it, you don't get McCaffrey, you don't get Kamara, but it does allow you to spend at the other positions as well. You don't have to go digging for the cheap wide receiver or the cheap tight end or the punt defense. Like you can build your team pretty balanced that way. Yeah, I think uh, Henderson is another guy kind of in that Najee Harris mold that stands out because he just saw all the work. I mean, Michelle hopped, like he jogged in, got a carry with like five minutes left in the game, jogged back out on the same series. Like sometimes, you know, the backup running back will get like a series to himself, even if he doesn't play much. <laughs> Michelle got like a play and he came back out of the game. Uh but I guess, I mean, we mentioned so many running backs. We should probably mention Eckler. Well, I mean, he's 7,300. I, I, I want to like, save Eckler for just a second. Well, let's do it right okay, now. Okay. Because okay, let's, let's just talk Dallas Chargers. We'll just isolate that to itself because this game reeks of Dallas-Seattle last year. And I faded that game completely. I was like, everyone's all in on this stupid game. You know what? I'm going to be super sharp fade the game entirely. And when it's like 10 to nine, I'm going to win all the money. Yeah, it didn't really work out for me. And I'm not doing it this time around. I want to take as many guys from this game as possible. And we got to figure out the best combinations to stack them up. Because I think that you can pair Eckler with Herbert and Keenan Allen. I think that's the Chargers side of the stack. And you probably can't play Zeke in that one. You might have to play like Cedric Wilson or even CeeDee Lamb and Cedric Wilson in order to make the salaries work. But I think if you're going to play Eckler, you kind of have to go all in on this game. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad game to go all in on. Just to because listen, it, it was already projected to be a close game. The spread was around two and a half, three. But with Demarcus Lawrence out for Dallas, like it, I cannot understate how important this is for their defense. In the, in the Tampa Bay game, he got five total pressures. He got he had a ninety one PFF grade. No one else on the team had higher than a seventy six. You know, he had five pressures. No one else on the team had more than three. Like. He is going, his absence is going to just open up this for a Chargers 
uh, offense that, I mean, against Washington, they rolled, rolled up like 500 yards. So, you know, I, this, and remember Eckler, he's got like positive regression coming. He ran 25 routes last week. And uh, I think he, he got no catches, no targets, no catches on 25 routes. I, I doubt that happens again. I know it's a new offense, but that's his bread and butter. He was also kind of banged up heading into last week. Still got 15 carries, got a goal line carry. When does he ever get that? I think he got a couple. Uh, so like this could be a, just a massive smash spot for Austin Eckler. And he has that, you know, Kamara McCaffrey, like upside, the floor is much lower, but because he can catch the ball, he has that, like, okay, I can carry like 10 to 15 times, get a touchdown on the ground and, you know, catch like eight to 10 passes. So I think Eckler actually, especially because he's a little bit higher price is, is pretty sneaky Sanders. Uh, I would be a little more interested in. If he, he wasn't, you know, he didn't have the ankle injury. But I also think this, I like Philly this week, but I think that total is a little too high. And I think it's going to come down. So, like, it's pe- people are not going to be looking at it as favorably as they are, like, early in the week. Um, I just think the books open that total uh, way too high. So, um, probably not going to have a ton of Sanders. Um, Mixon, I think he's sneaky, but Eckler really, Eckler is the guy that stands out because I think he has like a lot of room to grow. He kind of kept, you know, he had a touchdown. He still only had 11.7 points. So it kind of keeps his salary at bay, keeps his ownership at bay for what could just be a monster spot this week. I think that's all very well said. So I just created a Chargers stack while we were doing it. So Herbert, Eckler, Allen all together, because I do expect him to positively regress or just regress i mean regression is just back to the revert mean, whatever it is revert like, yeah. revert reversion to the mean revert, so revert reversion. no up or down yeah Karis levert to the mean will be good to go on that <laughs> one and you can play those three together because like i said Eckler correlates with herbert fine and then play cd lamb and cedric wilson who's going to be getting the start in place of michael gallup he's thirty one hundred dollars he makes this work out pretty well if you play those five guys together in Super Stack It Up, and I think that my main, like when we get to stacks a little bit later on, it's going to be Charger Stack, it's going to be Dallas Stack, and then I have one stack that's absolutely foolish, but I'm kind of kind of pumped to play it and see if it works out. But those are going to be like the Dallas side and the Charger side are going to be my two main sides this week and just try to make different combinations. So with Lamb and Wilson coming back, you can play it that way. I think you probably want to take Keenan Allen. Maybe you think this isn't a rushing game, so you, you can take Eckler out and you can play Mike Williams from the Chargers side. You can play Jared Cook. Or when you go and look at the snaps from last week and who actually ran routes, it was Jalen Guyton on the Chargers side of the ball who very sneakily could have had a really giant day but didn't and this could be a perfect opportunity because everyone's going to use Cedric Wilson as the cheap guy from this game Guyton on the flip side might actually be the way to go I mean what is a Chargers route breakdown without like Jalen Guyton wind sprints all day like that's (laughs) that's the the story of his life though like I I mean he's always in play for that exact reason but like you like that's that's just what he does like he runs routes and doesn't get targeted that's just kind of his his mo um, Mike Williams, I think is really interesting because, um, you know, he's that, he's that second receiver. What do you get? Eight, eight, 82 in a touch last week. Um, so I'm, I'm a lot more interested in him. Um, you know, Guyton, what was it? 71% of routes per drop back. That's kind of in line with what he was doing last year, 70 to 80%. Uh, the big thing there is that, you know, Josh Palmer hasn't overtaken him yet. Um, but I mean, Jared cook 63%, uh, you know, he's, he was kind of up there too. So I think, once you get out of that, like Mike uh, Keenan Allen, Eckler, Mike Williams range, uh, I'd probably actually go Cook over Guyton. But 
Uh, I like Guyton for the for the price, and he, he, if he, it's either like goose egg or like two catches, 120 yards, and two touchdowns. So, so this is this is a perfect. very anti Jared Cook show. We hate Jared Cook on this show, and what we hate about Jared That's Cook is strong he, word. He never <laughs> performs when you need him to perform. He only performs when it's like. No way I'm using Jared Cook this week. Oh, 28 DraftKings points. Excellent news. So that's my real worry in this game. That's why I'm looking for different options, because I do think that Cedric Wilson is going to be cheap chalk. I think that Jared Cook is going to be cheap chalk at tight end at $3,900. And I think that Mike Williams is going to be sort of like that mid-tier chalk at wide receiver. That that doesn't mean that you can't play them. But I think that there are different routes that you can take in this game. Like, instead of playing uh, Jared Cook, although he's probably a safer play, like Dalton Schultz seems like he could be an alternative yeah. at tight end in this game instead of Cook. Like, it's a way to get access to this game, obviously on the other side of the ball. But he is cheaper, and he's going to come in far less owned. Yeah, uh, you know, Schultz was up at 63% of routes too. And so that's the same exact number uh, as Jared Cook. And then Blake Jarwin was at 56%. So like these, those guys, like you, it seems like it's a committee and you're not getting, you know, your, your upside, but those guys are out there just as much as like, you know, a Jared Cook and almost as much as a Jalen Guyton even. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a situation where I think one of those two guys if this is another one of those shootout games, let's remember Dak in these kind of games, Dak throws for 400 yards. So these guys don't need to have like a huge target share percentage wise <laughs> uh, to kind of pay off, especially if they get a tight end. I mean, you're getting like, you know, 15% of, of, of 400 yards and you're in business when you, with like a near min price tight end. So uh, I, I like that call a lot. And, and Schultz, yeah, he ran, he ran a, a few more routes than um, Blake Jarl. So how do we fit Zeke into this? Would you play Chargers receivers or potentially Eckler with Zeke and one of the cheap guys? Or would you have to go to Cooper or CeeDee Lamb to go with him? Like, would you want to cheap out on this game or just take the guys that you know are getting the ball? I think a really interesting approach, because let's be honest, people are going to go every which way in this game. Like, it's not a secret. It's a high total. There's cheap guys to play. I think an interesting approach is to play... And you don't do this a lot because it's usually not well correlated, but Zeke and Eckler and nobody else hmm. because, because usually, you know, high scoring game, you're going to get a, you go, know, you're going to get in the NFL on average, you get about twice as many passing touchdowns as rushing. But these are the kind of backs that could get like, you know, two multiple touchdowns on the ground, especially with Eckler getting, you know, more work in the red zone. And they could also catch a ton of passes and, you know, maybe like it's weird touchdown variants, like the running backs get two or three and the quarterbacks only get one or two. And, and maybe one of those two backs or both of them catch one. Like there's there's ways where you could kind of be leveraged against all of that different pass game ownership. Um, and the game could still kind of play out how you think. And you have Zeke and, and Eckler and you're like perfectly leveraged. So uh, I like the Zeke Eckler stack as like a little bit of a contrarian stack that's still high upside, still not like off the wall stupid or anything like that. Yeah, and you still get your access to this game, which I think yep. that, that that's going to be the creative part of this week is how how do you use this game to make yourself win? Because it does feel like, like even just looking at the other totals, there's a few other high totals, but this one just like, let me ask you this. If you only had to take one side of this game, for a stack and let's say you didn't want to correlate it and bringing it back what side would it be would it be the dallas Chargers. passing attack because it's just it because it, it feels like if someone gets written out of this script it's probably going to be zeke 
just like we saw last week. They're like, yeah, we're just no, not going to run. No. We're going to pass. You think so? I, I, think, I don't think so at all. I, 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 I think, think that yeah. was a perfect game plan. You have to – like, listen, Tampa Bay has been the best run defense in the league for, like, what, three years in running now? Like, it was – I think it was smart not to play to, to to bang Zeke into a wall in that game. Now the Chargers, especially you just lost to Marcus Lawrence. It makes sense to kind of go back to your bread and butter. You know the Chargers are uh, a decent defense, but I mean, what Antonio Gibson ran for ninety yards, seventy after contact last week. Uh, I think this could be a, a Z game, I, and I think it should be because again, like you got to protect your defense. Like you tried to get in a shootout or you, you got lucky to kind of be in a shootout with Tampa Bay. They had some turnovers, but you're not going to be able to sustain, you know, Dak threw for 400 yards last week, still under seven yards per attempt. So like everyone's like, Oh, Dak looks great. And the Cowboys pass game was great. But in reality, no, they just threw 58 times. I think they lean on Zeke this week. So I wouldn't write him off at all. I don't want to write him off, but I think that if one of these guys from this offense busts out, it's probably going to be him because the Dallas defense is so bad that they just get behind. They're like, we we physically cannot run at this point. We have to pass. And I was so discouraged about how they used him in the passing game last week. I thought that they were trying really? to, I mean, what do you have? Two catches for eight yards that. Oh, see, I, so I don't look, I mean, I do. Let me not, let me rephrase this. Uh, I look at routes before targets. So like Zeke ran a route on 71% of the dropbacks. Tony Pollard ran a route on 21%. And Zeke was normally in like the 50% range. So they actually use Zeke well. He just happened. I mean, he's running routes alongside CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and that Bucks defense, you know, they're in middle of the, you know, they're middle of the field um, closed defense usually. So like, you you could throw you could get some th- things to your receivers uh, on the Bucks like it's not like that you know that Rams cover two when you have to kind of dump it down or or, or whatever so I, th- I think Zeke's pass game usage was encouraging seventy one percent of the routes for dropbacks there's not many running backs uh, league wide that are higher than I mean even Eckler known as a pass catcher back and again he was banged up but only fifty one percent in week one so and, and he didn't get a target either but you know like I think I think it was encouraging I think I think that's why I like Zeke because I think the underlying usage was there and this is a game where you're going to lean on him i think like no, no one runs on the books like i mean remember that like that play Dak checked into i think pollard was on the field but he checked into like a run on like third and one because tampa bay did go with two safeties high or like third and three and they still stuffed him for no game like <laughs> you just don't run on sam like it's just you just don't do it the discouraging part mainly i mean the two targets for eight yards like you mentioned, the routes that point is very well taken. But when you look at the designs, all the designed running back passes were to Pollard. So that is, frankly, what I find really discouraging. Like, there was no real setups for Zeke in that game to actually get him the ball in space. He was just running routes because it was a pass play. Where with Pollard, like, they had designed screens for him. Like, I, I just, I can't process that in my mind when we're talking about upside. Now, again, I don't think that Zeke is a bad play. I just think that... I think that he would bust out before CD Lamb does in this game. Uh, just, Ooh, just, ba- I mean, just based on the way that everything goes, especially with Gallup out. I mean, receivers have a higher bust rate than running backs. We know that because running backs can more or less control their own fate and score touchdowns a little bit easier. But if I think this game is like, put it this way, if Zeke has a huge game and Lamb has a really bad game, I would expect the under to hit. And then it's probably not great for anyone, is it? I mean, the under could hit and it still could be a lot of points. I mean, what is it, up to 55 and a half? But I mean, just to put things in perspective, and I love CeeDee Lamb, so this is not to knock Lamb, but even with Gallup going down, Lamb ran around 76% of the time. Elliott ran around 71% of the time. So, like, realistically, the, the, the game plan was similar for the two guys. Just, uh, you know, Lamb, obviously, wide receiver, gets a lot of targets. 
and it went that way. But I, like with running backs, it's a lot of regression. Like you can't, I don't think you can look up like one week, one data point and say like, okay, they're not going to use Zeke in the pass game um, because his routes were up. And again, it was just a Tampa Bay front that I think you just don't really do that with, you know? So um, I, you know, this week, I, especially, and with star players, that usually happens anyway. It's like, oh, you come out, you, you have one week, you you lose a game, star players below expectation. What do you, what do you scheme up the next week? You get Zeke and you get Zeke eating the invisible cereal early. Like I, I, I'm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about any of these Dallas guys, but I, if I was owning a side, I would own the Chargers just because I think um, Dallas's defense without Lawrence it, I mean, the Chargers could just be in for a massive smash spot. Um, and I think Dallas is a little easier to kind of like people are just, you know, it's Cooper, Lamb, Dak, Zeke, whereas the Chargers, I think there's a little more variance as to how you construct it. Um, so that's the side I would pick uh, for tournaments. It's ridiculous that our sizes change brand to brand when our bodies stay the same. You're a measurement, not a size. You don't have to change shopping for clothes does and that's why you gotta check out public rec they make elevated athleisure wear in multi-dimensional sizes because they believe that comfort starts with a better fit i got my pair which was the all day every day pant available in over 40 different sizing combinations and can fit men anywhere from 5'8 to nearly 7 feet tall. I am more on the 5'8 side than the 7 feet tall. I got my pair. I put them on. I'm actually like dropping some LBs lately. Still fit perfectly. And that's all I've ever wanted. I don't need to have eight separate sizes of pants because these pants from Public Rec fit perfectly no matter what a better fit is the secret to making these comfortable pants look good which you know i pull off famously now your favorite lounge pants can also be your go-tos for work happy hour or the gym i'm the guy who's now wearing those out into the world and you know what people say these pants look really good mayo and i'm like yeah they do but even if they weren't on me they'd probably look good on you at public rec colors they come in nine different colors one for each day of the week and more Public Rec also makes elevated shorts, t-shirts, polos, jackets, even golf gear, which I'm going to get some of very soon. You know, when golf season, where I'm at, wraps itself back around. They just launched their women's line, so now anyone listening can enjoy Public Rec's better-fitting comfort. Public Rec rarely discounts, but right now they have an exclusive offer just for Pat Mayo Experience listeners. Go to publicrec.com and use promo code MAYO to receive 10% off. That's publicrec.com and use our promo code MAYO for 10% off. So I think I'm going to stack the Chargers side. I think you sold me on that more so than I'm going to stack the Dallas side. And I'll Don't forget fi- Zeke, though. I, well, listen, Zeke will, be mixed in, <laughs> Zeke will be mixed into those. But if I'm shooting for the high upside lineup, because I, I need to save money elsewhere, too, mm. unless we can find some cheap running back that I can throw okay. in here. The cheapest one I can find is Damian Harris, but that's so touchdown reliant. There's already negative coach speak coming out of there. And if he's not scoring touchdowns, I know he caught a few passes last week, but I'm not going to rely on him catching passes at all to solidify a floor for me. So realistically, Daryl Henderson, I think might be the cheapest guy. If I had any guts, I would play Mike Davis, but I'm just not doing that against Tampa. Oh yeah, no, no, exactly. That's that's the same thing Kellen Moore thought about Zeke in Week One. Uh, I, so an interesting guy, and I think 
like it would be a lot better if we knew for certain that Zach Moss was going to be a scratch again. But Devin Singletary's 4,900. He's going to get like 80% of the snaps, <laughs> you know, and uh, this matchup against Miami, I mean, we saw what the Patriots did. They were able to, you know, run most of the game. They just fumbled the rock away. But Devin Singletary, I mean, he's looked good all preseason. They've talked him up. And then they scratched Zach Moss and used like Isaiah McKenzie as a, as a running back. Um, so they obviously have a lot of trust in, in Singletary. Uh, I think Elijah Mitchell is going to be kind of that chalk pass. Uh, probably the guy you have to fade. Yeah, you got to fade him because hard that pass. Philly, that Philly front, man, like that Philly front. People are sleeping on Philly and their and their defensive front. Uh, so yeah, that's a pass. Um, but I think Singletary is that is the guy that stands out to me in that like low low range that uh, you know he can catch passes. He can he can run the rock. And, you know, it's not sexy, so no one will really be on him. I mean, you know, I think that's the that would be the only other guy that I could say. Again, we're just looking for snaps and routes and volume because the, the higher the snap rate, the more ceiling, the more floor, right? So, um, yeah, Singletary, I think, for me. I think Singletary can work at 4900 bucks. The only one from down there that I think with potential upside that you can find, I don't know if I can pull the trigger on it, $4,700, but as a home dog in a situation where I expect them to have to pass, Naheem Hines seems like cheap points, but I just don't know if he has the required upside I need, unless he has one of his patented twice-a-year two-touchdown Naheem Hines games that I would have to hit his absolute ceiling. That, honest to God... I think I might make, like, when I just make all my rules on runthesims.com slash mayo to get access to that optimizer, is that the cheapest running back I'll use is Daryl Henderson. I'll pick, like, six of them from up there and try to figure out how he can work into stacks with me. But that's why I asked for the cheap receivers off the top is I'm probably yeah. going to have to punt like I did last week at wide receiver. Okay. I mean, two I mean two guys. I think I think Hines is actually a pretty smart play. Uh, look at the way the Rams played the Bears, right? Even when you had Andy Dalton, because if you say who's a better player, Andy Dalton or David Montgomery, it's David Montgomery. Most people would say David Montgomery. <laughs> they uh, they're like, hey, we know analytics. We get it. We are smart. You can run all day because you're still getting less yards per play than if you throw back, drop back and throw on us with a substandard quarterback. You're still going to average like six yards an attempt. We're probably not going to give up six yards an attempt on the ground. And even if we do, like, so what? We'll just stop you. On, when you get into the red zone or on third down. And that's what the Rams do. So, like, if I'm the Colts, I'm saying, okay, you're going to play like that. You're going to play two safeties back. Like, Naeem, I'm going to play a ton of Naeem Hines, and you're going to get those plays where they check into runs when Hines is in the backfield, even on kind of passing situations. Uh, and because the two safeties are back uh, and that two deep shell that the Rams love to play, this is, sets up as a uh, high catch game for Hines. And remember, just before the season started, what did we get word of? Oh, the Colts actually want to use Naheem Hines more than they did last year. So I have no problem with Hines. I, I'd say uh, Chase Edmonds is another guy that I consider, you know, he'll be low owned. Uh, you know, I thought the usage was decent for him in week one. Um, and uh, we saw, you know, Minnesota, I mean, Joe Mixon had some success running on him. Uh, I think I thought Edmonds ran a lot better than Connor. So I think you could see the carry share shift more his way. He's always going to um, have that passing game usage. So, um, I'd say Edmonds and Hines would be the two guys that stick out aside if you're going to that range. Uh, but I agree. I think it's all about kind of going to that mid range where you feel comfortable. And I do think Daryl Henderson provides you like a little bit, like a step up, you know, from those three guys. But if you're going to that range, 
yeah, I think it's Singletary, I think it's Hines, and I think it's Edmund. Since we're just talking tournaments here, I'm looking at ceiling. I'm looking at the highest possible ceiling. I think Hines, of all the $4,000 running backs, probably has the highest ceiling, followed very closely by the one guy that we didn't talk about in a fantastic situation. And I'm trying to get a gauge on how popular he's going to be or if people just think that he's too risky, but Javante Williams is $4,400 against Jacksonville. He essentially split 50-50 down the middle with Mark, or with not with Mark Ingram, fucking Mark Ingram. I hate, don't use Mark Ingram, he's terrible uh melvin mark mark ingram like like won me some best ball week one so uh i actually like mark ingram a lot congratulations (laughs) on your one good week till they play jacksonville again uh but melvin gordon Um, melvin gordon broke out the 70 yard run he's in like the top of everyone's mind at least when you're when you're casually just looking at this game i mean if williams gets the same workload as he got last week but he's just against jacksonville this time like he could pay off very very big at $4,400 and that could be your salary savings at running back if you want to risk it down there the the downside is he doesn't catch a pass he runs 16 times for 60 yards and you have six points yeah I think I mean that's in both of their range of outcomes you know like this it's kind of similar uh I think the one thing you do worry about is you know some of these 50-50 backfields it's like okay are the coaches kind of they're probably going to employ some sort of a hot hand approach so i would think gordon you know because he's on the top of our minds he's probably also on the top of coaches minds he ran 46 percent of the routes uh, per drop back to williams is 37 so i guess williams is a little bit more likely to like have that non-catch game with 16 carries but it is jacksonville uh so i think williams is definitely in play but i mean i, I still got to go back to singletary i, I still think singletary I feel be- I feel like of that tier, he actually uh, feels a lot better than any of those other guys just because he's that true kind of – he has that true, like, feature back upside. Like, he ran around on 66% uh, of the dropbacks. Like, he has that feature back upside against the Miami defense that's not scary at all against running back. So, um, he's still the guy for me. But, yeah, you could play Williams. Um, but I'm, I'm a little worried about Denver this week. I mean, it just – it just screams wet down spot. Oh, it's if too I easy. Trusted Urban it, it, Meyer at all, it's, it's I would... so easy just to look at that number and yeah. be like, "Oh yeah, I actually took Jacksonville plus six in that oh. game," just because yeah, it's the NFL. <laughs> oh, I'm not doing that. I'm not. Be- I have a no spread bets on Urban Meyer rule until further notice. Oh, if smart. I was to take that side at all, I would. I would only take money line because I need to be like really rewarded for like investing my money in Urban Meyer. So I would take that like plus two twenty or whatever it is. But I, I, I'm just saying, I would. I would worry like. It's a it's a perfect letdown spot for Denver as well. So it's like I don't. This is kind of a game where I might I don't I want to stay away from a little bit. You know maybe some interest in Tim Patrick, but um, yeah I'm sure we'll talk about that. But yeah you could you could absolutely play Williams. So and Gordon, can, can you play Singletary with Josh Allen? Do you think you can? But I wouldn't recommend it because I think you want to be leveraged against Josh Allen, where you know Singletary gets one of his like three touchdowns on the year. So Josh Allen gets like one less touchdown than he would normally get. Uh, so yeah, I would, I would, I would rather not. You can because Singletary does catch some passes, but I don't think it, I think the, I think the best leverage play is to play him solo. So I don't know how many people are, I, I can't get a gauge on the popularity of Josh Allen this week coming off a bad game and he's in a nice spot against Miami. Everyone knows this, but with Dak and Herbert out there, everyone just wants to use them. Maybe the Mahomes people from last week will just go on to Allen. That makes a lot of logical sense. When we're talking about fantasy upside, but this is from the Mayo media newsletter, which everyone should subscribe to right now, completely free. It's down in the description. We send out blurbs on a lot of players and some correlated stacks for the week. 
week. Josh Allen has five 33 fantasy points or more games in his career. Three of them have come against Miami, and they've been 33-plus points. I expect Josh Allen to go wild in this game. I love the Bills this week. I think they're being wildly undervalued in the betting market versus their talent versus Miami's talent, and especially what they do, because they can really open it up and go post points. And I think if you're going to get into a boat race with the Bills, that's how you're going to have to beat them, or at least have a defense that can really slow them down. I think Pittsburgh's defense can do that. I'm not quite sure about Miami's defense, especially with generating pressure on Josh Allen, if he can elude that or not. That if I want to play Singletary, I know I'm going to play Allen in some spots. I just want to be talked into playing Singletary with him for maybe maximum upside because that makes Diggs, Allen, Singletary, I think, a unique stack on that team. I just worry, like you said, that he doesn't score a touchdown and he doesn't quite get that leverage through. But if I can capitalize on double points with him and it's you know, the game where he catches a touchdown, all of a sudden we're in business. Yeah, it's it's definitely in play. Um, I Like Miami... They play both these teams play low scoring games enough. And like, I don't know what was up with Buffalo because yes, they played a daunting defense. That's tough to, to move the ball and score against. But I also thought this is one of Buffalo's worst coach games. Um, They're so well coached with Sean McDermott and that staff, but you know, they came out, they played one, one personnel, like the whole game. Cole Beasley played almost every, Oh, by Cole Beasley. That's the guy you got to play. Like he played 90, he ran around on 98% of the dropback. So like, and, and, and Matty Sanders was at 93 and now Gabe Davis is banged up. So, but it was, it was odd. Like they played one, one personnel when, if they had just gone to, you know, I thought spread them out go to four wide more. Uh, you may have gotten some things going. Um, you know, the Moss scratch was, was odd. I mean, it was, it was just a lot of things. And then, you know, once Davis went down, it, it, now you don't, you know, it was just a Isaiah McKenzie's playing out of the back. It was just a weird game coaching wise for Buffalo. Um, but you would think you would go four wide a ton against Miami because they have two good corners, right? They don't have four good corners. So you need to go, I think, four wide often against Miami. Uh, I'm hoping they do it. So yeah, he, he, he murders Buffalo. Um, I would play Josh Allen. I'm, I don't like, I, I wouldn't like avoid the Singletary stack, but I wouldn't overdo it just because I think you get so much. I think people are going to play Josh Allen or it's at least it's a smart play. So I think the max leverage move is to play Singletary solo. So that like, cause really what you're trying to do is like get like touchdowns that Josh Allen's not going to get. Like that's the way you're really trying to uh, approach that situation. It's probably more likely that you win a tournament from getting leverage on Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs stacks than having Allen, Devin Singletary stacks. Like it just, I think from a likelihood perspective, you just probably win more like screwing up people who made the sharp move of playing Josh Allen over like a Dak or a Herbert. I, I think that actually makes a lot of sense. That's really well said. So I think to close off running backs, cause we spent way too much time on running backs, but I enjoyed it. It was good. I think Chris Carson, Daryl Henderson, Najee Harris are probably the three like safer plays uh, that if you just want to play three, you don't want to spend up for McCaffrey and Kamara, like the truly elite guys. I think that's the range that I want to live in. You would throw Zeke and Eckler, obviously, into that mix. But yeah. I, I don't think I would play Zeke or Eckler if I wasn't like going hard at that game in particular. I'd probably, I probably I would probably just be all in on that game or be all out on that game, depending on the lineup that I'm building. Yeah, and that's smart. I like to do that with those kind of high-owned games. Um, especially at running back, I think at receiver, you know, if you, if you just like a receiver's value, um, like a, a Cooper or a lamb or Allen, like, I think you can afford to sprinkle them in, in places. Cause there's only so many receivers that had that like high floor. Um, and I think those guys have it, 
But um, yeah, I like that approach. We kind of stay away from these games that are going to be high owned if you're not going all in. Because again, it's, it comes down to not just the projected points, but your projected winning percentage. It's, you know, it's the same principle as like playing Singletary without Josh Allen. It's like it, it, you might have a, a, a good projected stack with them, but is it really helping you win the tournament versus like, you know, finish in the just, just barely in the money? Probably not. So yeah, I, I like that approach. Healthy snacks have a bad reputation. And let's be honest, most don't taste very good. They don't fill you up and they certainly don't satisfy your cravings. This episode is sponsored by Monk Pack, who makes snacks that taste like our favorite sugary treats, but with one gram of sugar or less. They're great for anyone following a keto lifestyle and the perfect snack for anyone who's just trying to eat better or cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing taste. That would be me. That's what I'm doing. I'm not on keto, but these bars are delicious. The Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars, whether they come in sea salt, dark chocolate, caramel sea salt, peanut butter, dark chocolate. I went through them really quickly. Put it that way. I needed to get a second order AS. AP. And you can do that and try it for yourself and you'll see. And we have a special deal for the listeners. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering our promo code MAYO at checkout. And Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it, for whatever reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. To get started, go to monkpack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com and select any product. Then enter the code MAYO, that's M-A-Y-O, at checkout to save your 20% off your purchase. Monkpack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on. And we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Yeah, so when we talk about receivers, like someone like CeeDee Lamb, for example, like if you one-off play CeeDee Lamb or one-off play Keenan Allen in that game, well, that means if they did well enough to like actually win you a tournament, probably means Dak or Justin Herbert also probably came along for the ride with that, that you might need their points as well. So that's why I like to be all out in that situation. Do you yeah. see any receivers from the top of the board that you think that like, oh, I got to use that guy one off like he needs to be in all of my lineups because last week if you would like properly figured out the rubik's cube it worked i thought calvin ridley was going to be that guy he was not that guy deandre hopkins was that guy tyler lockett was that guy or if you had like it's funny because i was at the top of all these tournaments and then i got laughed at the last second by this uh sneaky little triple stack of mahomes tyree kill and travis kelsey turns out that was uh <laughs> the one that you wanted to play but i think that you can be contrarian if you pay up for two Big wide receivers this week, but I just don't see myself doing it. There's too much value down the down the list. Yeah, it's more of a mid-range wide receiver week. Uh, I think that Calvin Ridley is a nice contrarian play because, again, Tampa Bay's defense is very good, but Tampa Bay's offense is also very good. Uh, it's not a great matchup for the Falcons, you know, overall. It's another matchup where they're going to get, you know, uh, just destroyed in the trenches on both sides. And, but Tampa Bay will give up production, you know, to, to, to you know, even though their efficiency is good on defense uh, on in past defense, I should say, they'll give up production. So this is like a, a buy low Calvin Ridley spot. I, I think, I think it's really interesting uh, to target him. I mean, Lockett, he's going to be in play every week. Uh, Metcalf, another, uh, you know, buy low after a, a quiet week compared to uh, compared to Tyra Lockett. 
So, I mean, not super quiet, but, you know, it was, what was it, four catches? So, yeah, I think Ridley, though, stands out as, like, a more of a contrarian play. But I think that's how you use these re- these high-end receivers this week. You just go pay up to be contrarian. And if not, you just go, just like running backs, you kind of go to that mid-range. Like Allen Robinson, guys like that. Allen Robinson, I think, is in a really nice spot this week. I saw people dropped him in real fantasy leagues. I'm like, what, what, what sort of league is what this? What kind of league is this? I, I, I don't know. I, I, saw, I saw screenshots of it. What the fuck is going on here? Uh, it's absolutely mental. So here is, the, I talked about the stupid stack that no one wants to play, but I'm going to play. Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts with Mike Evans coming back. That's perfect. I like it a lot. Like again, that's gonna lose so much. Threw for four hundred yards. He threw for four hundred yards, and no one will. I mean, Kyle Pitts goes up a thousand dollars after he sucked in Week One. Matt Ryan is absolute trash. This lineup has the potential to score like thirteen DraftKings points as a total. But if I'm right, and that game total is super high, like no one is on the Atlanta side of this stack. Yeah, and if you're wrong, you can always just blame Arthur Smith and Arthur Blank because. (laughs) Like Arthur Blank hired Arthur Smith apparently because they wanted to run the ball more. Uh, if they run the ball against Tampa Bay, then I'm like, I, I loved what Arthur Smith did in Tennessee. I thought it was brilliant. I thought some of the concepts, the schemes getting more out of West with Tannehill, what they did in the red zone, just great stuff. And then now he comes to Atlanta and he's like under this mandate to run the ball with Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson. It's like Atlanta cannot get it right. It's like, Arthur Blank is entering that like John Mara territory where it's like, just stop meddling, bro. Like you're not, you don't get it anymore. Like you may have once gotten it, but you don't get it anymore. Uh, so yeah, if they run the ball against Tampa Bay, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to be scratching my head. So I think it's the perfect time to buy low on, on this kind of stack. And I think Ridley's a guy that I I'm fine, not even stacking because it could like Matt Ryan's still a pocket passer. Right. So like he doesn't have that rushing upside, but if Tampa Bay boat races in Atlanta, which it's very possible because, again, it's, it's not just about Tampa Bay's talent at the skill positions which everybody knows. It's about the fact that they just the, in the trenches, I think, on both sides of the ball. They're just so much better. Um, you know, it could be a situation where Matt Ryan may throw only like one touchdown and like three picks, but but he still throws for like 375 yards and Calvin really gets 155 yards of, of them. So like I, and, and Pitts too. like I wouldn't be I wouldn't hesitate to play either of those guys without Matt Ryan. Like, I, I think Calvin really is a great contrarian boy. Well, let's try, let's try to find the answer to the question I asked of smashing the like button of the episode, subscribing to Mayo Media Network, and leaving your favorite 3K wide receiver in the comment section. Is it Donovan Peoples-Jones with Odell out, or is it Schwartz? Well, Schwartz popped him on the injury report. I don't – I think he's uh, going to be straight, but uh, he was a limited – what was he, limited with a, uh, a knee? It's not what I want to hear, but I think it's got to be Donovan Peoples-Jones over Schwartz. Uh, even though I liked what Schwartz did, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I believe it was 84% of the routes to Schwartz's 55. So in a situation like this with kind of, you know, non-number one receivers, middling receivers, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the routes. And, and Peoples-Jones is a guy that could, you know, year two breakout candidate. Uh, air, could be an air yards guy too. I know Schwartz got a, a couple deep ones, but uh, it's, it's definitely Peoples-Jones for me. Yeah, he's three thousand bucks. He makes everything work. Cedric Wilson is another one at thirty one hundred. Gonna be chalk though, right? I mean, Wilson's gonna be chalk. I, I would I think, think. I think. I think so too. But sometimes we talk ourselves into that. It's like, oh yeah, no, no one's actually gonna use him because there might be enough three thousand dollar guys. Because people will use Peoples Jones. 
he'll it'll be lesser than using Cedric Wilson, but it might take away enough ownership. Like I mentioned, Guyton's down there. People will eventually talk themselves into him because he is also three thousand dollars. That if you need a <laughs> need the salary savings. Who are these people that you hang out with? I don't like Jalen Guyton. That's even for like a hardcore DFS head. I think Jalen Guyton is like that's a that's a hardcore play. Like I don't think people are just talking themselves into Jalen Guyton. Like I think he'll be like one point six percent probably. But we just launched a <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers exclusive <laughs> podcast on Mayo Media Network. So oh, man. You know, so the, the Chargers community is big uh, around here. Just you know, if you want, I'm, if you ever want to take one of these cheap guys, the three thousand dollar players, especially at wide receiver, just find the team totals, the implied team totals. And make sure they come from one of the teams with the super high implied team totals. Like that was, although they got there last week, that was sort of the issue with Callaway. And I mean, going back to Callaway this week probably isn't the most insane thing in the world because now everyone is off of them. Oh yeah. Callaway has, it, it sets up a lot better. I mean, uh, you have a, a Carolina defense that got torched by Corey Davis. So uh, I mean, that this could be the week for Callaway, you know, Jair Alexander, obviously a tough matchup. So, you know, it wasn't, like the craziest thing in the world, especially in a low volume pass game to see Callaway do nothing. Um, but you know, this week, yeah, I think, I think you can see it. I mean, uh, you know, some other guys who stand out Van Jefferson, um, 86, he, he was the number two receiver, not Robert Woods in that, in the Rams game. Uh, he ran 86% of the routes Woods 67. So that, that, I mean, first of all, that's concerning for Robert Woods, but uh, if they're treating Van Jefferson like the number two over Deshaun Jackson and Robert Woods, at, or at least right now, then uh, I'm taking a flyer at 3,500. Uh, Elijah Moore, you know, he was out there a lot, uh, missed some big plays. When you say so, you, when you say missed, um, that he can't catch is a real problem. Everything that people yeah, thought about Jamar week. Chase was actually Elijah Moore in week one. Right. It's one week, though. But, yeah, I mean, that was concerning. Um, I mean, hey, it's – it's it's ugly it's ugly but uh and i don't believe in this guy but like he ran 93 route on 93 percent of the dropbacks aj green uh he's 3700 i personally think they should switch that with christian kirk like kirk should be the you know the guy running that many routes rondale Moore. um but but more more is uh is he is he above no he's 4k so he's right at that baseline so, up so, um, so he hits but I, I like more i like more Rondell or Elijah? Rondell. Yeah. He, read, he got targeted on 36% of his route. Yeah. So I like Rondell as well. I think if you're going to go to the Jets, it's a nice week to fade Corey Davis. And then just look at what the Jets did where like a lot of their target share went. It went to Elijah Moore who couldn't catch. And they were like, well, this guy can't catch. Let's throw the Barry and Braxton or Barry Braxton Barrios, Braxton Barrios. the entire time. But here's the thing. I think Crowder's <laughs> going to be back. No one's going to play Crowder. He's $4,500, and he presents not necessarily a tough matchup for the Patriots, but he gets to run against the part of the Patriots that's probably the easiest with this, where it's just easy completions over the middle. He's $4,500. He'll have less than a percent ownership, especially with Zach Pascal right there. And I like Beasley. I like Marv. I like Tim Patrick. I think those are all fine plays. But... I could see a Crowder out producing all of these guys. You know, what? I'm going to take back my Elijah Moore love, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to say, let's not play any Jets. Receivers. Okay, the, the Patriots, would, that, that's a the pretty Patriots good idea. Allowed eight catches, eight, <laughs> eight catches combined to wide receivers last week. It maybe it seemed more than it was because Jalen Waddle and Devontae Parker had all eight of those catches, so it's like their lines look decent. But like, this is still a tough defense, uh, and it's Zach Wilson making his second ever start against a Bill Belichick defense. Yeah, let's just not play the Jets. 
You know what? Okay. We can do better. Like, like let's, we, we can do better than, than playing the Jets this week. You know who actually impressed me quite a bit from the Patriots side? And I don't think people will go to him, but he did catch a touchdown. I, I think Mac Jones is going to be pretty good in this game. I think Nelson yep. Aguilar is kind of yes. underrated. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the play. I think you want to play Nelson Aguilar uh, from this game because when you look at the uh, Jets, you know they got they got burned by the uh, perimeter receivers of Carolina. They they held Marshall in check, just twenty six yards and six targets. But Robbie and DJ Moore, uh, com- and it was mostly DJ Moore, obviously, but uh, combined for uh, one hundred thirty seven yards and a touch on eleven targets. So they were well over ten yards per target. Uh, and I think Aguilar fits that description more. Uh, he's going to be the downfield guy. Uh, you know, Myers, he'll, he'll run around a, a lot of interior routes, and he had some drop issues in that game. Uh, but Aguilar, he, like, he continues to impress. You know, he, it's kind of like a, a post-hype guy uh, who everyone wrote off. But uh, I think Aguilar is he, – he's very interesting. A route on 95% of the dropback. So he, they, he was treated like a true uh, number one you know him and him and Myers both ninety five percent. So they they were like true like you know top tier receiver usage, and the tight ends really were kind of middling in terms of their usage for New England. So yeah, I like Aguilar a lot. So overall points per dollar, Donovan Peoples Jones projects out to be the best for me because he's three thousand dollars and he's expected to have a big role in a high implied point total game. Although it's maybe not a game where they have to pass a ton, but he still presents that deep ball upside that we want to see, especially from that price point in that game. Uh, Cedric Wilson. Marvin Jones is another one at $4,700. Chenault is another one that just project out really well based on where their salary is at. Other than that, you mentioned Beasley, who's just always on the field. He's going to do really well points per dollar. Chester Rogers, if Josh Reynolds no. misses the game again. Nope. Nope, you know, you, not you're, going there. You're not. I, I, I'm, I'm, you got to go. You got to go. KJ Osborne over. Uh, Chester I, I, I prefer KJ Osborne as well. But we we talked about Tim Patrick. <laughs> we talked about Tim Patrick. Do we take the shot on a $3,800 KJ Hamler? I think you can. Uh, I just so I, I like Hamler. Uh, period. Like I think he's a good receiver, but he's had some of those issues. I mean, he dropped a 50 yard touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we do. Are we thinking Patrick is going to be like high owned or something, or is he? I, I can still going to be. I don't know because one one way I like to try to project ownership, and I found this correlates pretty well, is who are hot waiver wire pickups for the week and season long. That generally mm-hmm. translates over to a low DK salary because the pricing comes out before like these guys are like no names. People talk about them throughout the course of the week, and they're like, oh yeah, Tim Patrick. I like Tim Patrick this week. I think it might like season rankings i have like 32 receiver he's only forty six hundred dollars it's against jacksonville it makes a lot of sense and then hamler is going to be the cheap guy and everyone did see him drop the 50 yard touchdown but he's so cheap like oh that's big play the move might just be if you're going to play anyone on the broncos just play Cortland sutton who no one wants to play yeah, that and it's interesting because i thought coming in the week that court sutton was going to be a very high owned dfs play because it's just like okay jerry judy's out who's the number one receiver now Cortland Sutton. okay but I, I personally, I think you can make a case for all of them. They're all cheap enough. I don't think you want to um, kind of split hairs over the, the what was what is it, like six to eight K from going from Pat Patton to Hamler, like uh, uh, Patrick to Hamler. Like I think those, they're both really cheap, and then Sutton's more of a mid range guy. But uh, for me, I think it's going to be the most high owned guy of the, of the three is going to be Tim Patrick because I just think, especially with Sutton kind of still kind of getting back in, like he played. Uh, I think it was 80% uh, routes per dropback. Um, didn't have like a huge game. 
I think Tim Patrick may be the best receiver on the field for Denver. And, and I'm not like trying to be a hot takey, but like this guy had 300 yard games last year. He had uh, another multi-touchdown game. And if you notice before Judy went down, everyone thought like, and me included, KJ Hammer, like, okay, he's going to be the slot receiver. No, it was Tim Patrick was the third receiver. Jerry Judy would kick to the slot. And, and that's how they played it. Hammer wasn't getting his routes really until Judy left the game. So I think that I think they think highly of him and I think he may, you know, he's always out, out producing expectations. So uh, it's Patrick for me uh, of those three guys switch to tight ends. If you're not playing the tight end as a part of a stack, where are you going? Do you want to pay up for Waller as a solo against the Steelers? That could work out. It's a nice nope. rebound spot for George Kittle. Pitts, no one's going to own him now that the price is up and like he sucks. That uh, is what I read after week one. I, I don't worry about Pitts. I actually like, like him quite a bit. Gronk is way up in price after a big game. Can Pharaoh Brown just be healthy for this game and I can just play him against the Browns? <laughs> Man, <laughs> I, I mean, Houston... I am not, I'm not touching anyone in the tight end group at Houston, but I, I can't believe you didn't mention, like you were going down the list and you pivoted right before probably two of my favorite plays at tight end this week. And it's not Jared Cook. Don't, don't worry. It's, it's Dallas Cook. Goddard against the Niners. Now, oh, well, you're almost, almost. He's not bad. He's, I, he's not bad, but no. Points Tyler per, Higby. I say Tyler points, points per Higby. dollar. Higby is the best play. I agree with you hundred percent. No, but it's like not even just points per dollar. It's like, this dude ran a route on 93% of the dropbacks. Like, what? Where did that come from? Like, Tyler, remember when Gerald Everett was there and Tyler Higby, even during that breakout that he had, he was like, you know, 60%. Like, you know, he would still block some. Um, you know, he would still check out of the game, you know, give Everett a, a pound or Johnny Munt would check in. It was like Tyler Higby was out there every snap. And he, was, he wasn't blocking much either. Um, so, like, I know the one thing I will say, Chicago is kind of a – proponent of that same defense the Rams run you know that Vic Fangio defense where you know the two deep shell uh so it set up well for Higby last week you know the Colts played a little different maybe it's not a, a monster spot from a schematic perspective but you're talking about a tight end who we've seen go straight like ape shit in the past 4100 and running around on 93 of dropouts like that is a can't miss gotta jam him gotta get him in lineups on the simple principle of the usage, uh, Tyra Higby. And then, like, I think Noah Fant is an interesting kind of leverage play uh, because I think people are going to kind of say, which Denver receiver should I play? Maybe Fant doesn't get quite as high ownership. Now, the routes were only in the 60% range. I know he was banged up. So um, not not the same kind of ceiling floor combination as Higby, uh, but Higby's probably going to be higher owned. So I think Higby probably is my cash game tight end, but Fant is your pivot for tournament. Not, and I like Goddard too, but San Francisco – they, you know, in the past, they've covered the tight end well, not so much for Hawkinson, but, but Detroit also threw, what, 57 times? So I'd be hesitant to say, okay, TJ Hawkinson had, had this big game. Dallas Goddard can do it as well. Um, I think it's just going to be a different kind of game. I like Philly in this game, but I also think the total's too high. So I would, I would still rather play Gronk at 4,700 than Goddard at 46 because Gronk actually ran around on 74% of dropbacks and, that, and like, I thought they were going to keep Gronk on ice this year. And like, okay, Brate's back. I mean, Howard is back. Brate's still there. We can play Gronk like 50% of the snaps, you know, and just kind of save him for the inevitable super like title run. But no, Gronk is playing like old Gronk. Now it's like, Oh, well now he's acclimated again. You know, he played 20 games last year. He's back in the swing of things. He's not coming off of retirement. Let's play him like Gronk 
And if they're going to play Gronk like Gronk and Tom Brady's playing like Tom Brady and you're playing the Falcons who ain't playing nobody on defense, then like, give me Gronk. Like, remember, like, remember when like a couple years ago in DFS before like the rise of like this new breed of like Darren Waller, when it was just like Gronk was the guy that you were like, okay, I got to figure out a way to play Gronk. Now he's 4,700 with the still the best quarterback ever uh, going against a, a cake matchup. So like, yeah. Give me Gronk. Maybe he's the guy. I can, Pitts. Maybe I'm gonna say maybe he's the guy I compare with Mike Evans and that stupid Falcon stack side as a bring back. Just overload <laughs> on that game and see what happens. So you you oh, said you can get six touchdowns out of those three. Like, there, like there Mike go. Evans will give you three t- three catches, three yards, three touchdowns. That's well, Mike Evans. So he won't cut into Gronk's yardage at all. <laughs> and then Gronk and then Gronk will get you like yeah like three catches, twenty yards, two touchdowns, and like and like you'll still win everything. So I think the three uh, of like listen, people are just gonna independently play Darren Waller. I get it. People are going to play George Kittle. I get it. Uh, I'm just not going to pay up that much at tight end when I can save money at tight end and go get Christian McCaffrey or something like that. If that's the cost benefit mm-hmm. analysis of it, I'll pay down at tight end, pay up at running back. That's always the choice Absolutely. that I'm going to make in my lineup. So I think that's going to leave a lot of ownership on Higby, on Jared Cook, and probably Noah Fant, like you mentioned, probably less on Noah Fant. Uh, yeah, he'll probably be the, the, the pivot play. Like I, I think it would all go to Higby. Could, could Cole Komet be the pivot play there based on what we saw against the Rams and now in a much easier situation against the Bengals? I think you could. Um, it's just now we're getting into you're just it's more like hoping for a touchdown. Um, he ran around 71% of the dropbacks for the Bears, so that was very encouraging. Uh, but he it's not like you know, we haven't seen him do it consistently. Or real, you know, even when he was kind of overtaking Graham down the stretch last year, he still didn't really produce. Like I remember constantly being too high on Cole Komet last year. So um, like yeah, if you're talking a, a larger tournament, yeah, but he's not going to be in like my main builds. Like I still think that like you can go down even further and find like similar, a similar range of outcomes. So like Dalton for, Schultz, for example, Dalton Schultz, uh, CJ, Usoma, like guys like that. Uh, how about if we were talking about routes run and just being in the shadows right now, how about Adam Troutman who ran a ton of routes was not asked to block whatsoever, except Juwan Johnson stole all of his touchdowns. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like that was like, so it was like so predictable in the sense that like you just knew like the whole summer everyone was way too high on Adam Troutman for some reason. I don't I don't I don't get it. Um I'm I'm probably not gonna play Troutman because so with tight ends, um like I ended up finishing uh number one in fantasy pros last year at tight ends, and it was because like I kind of faded matchup, I just went almost strictly off routes and 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 targets per route. So it's not just it's it's routes and targets per route. And Adam Troutman just doesn't get targeted, like he's just out there. But he's not really getting targeted. And so, like, and it's just like uh, Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas, when he was starting last <laughs> year, like, these dudes are out there running wind sprint. They're, they're running. It's not like the Jalen Guyton wind sprint where he's going downfield. But they're just out there running across the field. It's like it's like they just, like, uh, committed, uh, you know, some type of egregious team error. And the coach is just, like, sprint from one side of the field to the other. And, and that's what these, these guys are running drag routes all game. Like, I, I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I have no interest in that, like. I think I think like for me, if I'm going to that range, again, a guy like Isoma stands out because he ran around on 70% of the dropbacks. Um, he's not a guy that's gonna get targeted a ton per route, but we've seen it in the past um, where he had a pretty good connection with Burrow early last year, um, had the clutch play last week. But again, Chicago, too deep shell. Look what Higby did last week. Um, there's potential. I'm always trying to look for these defenses with these two deep shells too. 
um, when, when, when targeting my tight end. So uh, Usoma is probably the play for me uh, and Schultz, like you said, uh, in that in that range. Yeah, I just don't think that the upside of the Irish assassin, James O'Shaughnessy, is high enough. I, 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 I've, <laughs> oh, been, I, I've been down that road before. I do like uh, Pharaoh Brown. Yeah. If Pharaoh Brown is healthy and he is playing in a game where Tyrod's going to have to pass like 50 times, I might just take that. I thought he actually looked you know, pretty good you, last week. All right, here's... You know the games Tyrod passes 50 times? You know what games those are? When they win? The games when he gets benched. No, the games <laughs> when they get benched. Like, if you have to pass 50 times and Tyrod Taylor's your quarterback, you're, you're benching Tyrod after, like, attempt number 35. And like, he's just, he's just going to David Mills. Like, that's just I, – I, I think Farrell Brown is – like, he's he's been working his way into that rotation even since last year. Um, he's been – he's just a better player than people think. But his routes just still aren't – there for me um he was 46 percent. you know Akins was 57 percent. that's just like a if you unless you're talking about you know catching passes from like tom brady and even then it's shaky it's just like it's just a value draining two-man committee all right let's go to stacks still like pharaoh brown i'm just i'm just <laughs> living off his injury report right now you hate speaking you like pharaoh brown famous last words Hey, listen, for a while, I thought he was Pharaoh Cooper. And I was like, he got tight end eligibility? So this is where I'm at with the entire thing. Oh, man. Stacks for the week. Chargers, uh-huh. Dallas, the Bucks. probably. Is there anything else? Because, like, I want to play Jalen Hurts, but I don't know who to put him with. Let me just play Jalen Hurts by himself. Yeah, Allen, Allen is probably a good one as well. Yeah, I think Allen stands out. Uh, we've just seen a lot of we've seen them with a lot of success. Uh, I I think given the fact that Dallas and the Chargers is that high total game, and you also have that Titan Seattle game that's gonna catch everyone's attention, like and everyone kind of also looks at like game scripts and they see Tampa Bay as this huge favorite. Like I really like Tampa Bay stacks. I mean if you're going to play a pocket pass, like you might as well play Tom Brady over like, you know, Matt Ryan or I mean, Ben Roethlisberger or something. like, you know, Tom Brady could have five touchdowns in this game. Like if they're going to get up the way people think they are, Tom Brady's going to have to, he, he's, he's going to get his. So uh, I like Buck stacks a lot. And like you, and you mentioned, you know, kind of bringing it back with Ridley, bringing it back with Pitts. Uh, you could do Ryan as well, uh, but I, I even like those guys solo. Uh, the Falcons probably aren't going to be able to run it with the same volume that they did uh, a week ago. So I like that Bucks uh, Falcons game because there, there are some other games that are kind of grabbing people's attention. And I don't think people like the game script element uh, of the Bucks Falcons game enough to fully attack it. If you're looking for the popularity of stacks right now, the way that I have it projected out is going to be Herbert, Allen, Brady, Kyler, Russell Wilson, and then Dak. So the Dak side, the Dallas side of that shootout game might be the less popular, still popular, but the less popular side, because I think I agree, you said it, that the Chargers side is probably just the better side when we think about the expectation, but it might be 30% more owned than the Dallas stack. Yeah. um, I I don't know if I would go that far. I think people are going to play Dak. He threw for 400 yards. That's going to stand out. In people's minds. Like, I think he's going to get his ownership. I think here's the play. Here's the play. And I don't think we've talked about it yet, but here's the stack. Ryan Tannehill. Oh, boy. Julio Jones. And A.J. Brown if he goes. But either way, Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones, another week to practice. Everyone's down on them. They look like crap. 
Carson Wentz looked like crap because he is crap last week. So people are probably overrating Seattle's defense. The total still 54 great buy low spot in the Titans uh, underdogs who lost in week one cover at like a 63% clip since uh, over the last 15 years. So you're probably going to, everyone's probably too low in the Titans period heading into this game. Uh, Ryan Tannehill can run for, for touchdowns. They only had play action 11, 12% of the time last week. Uh, so, you know, they're going to do more of that this week and, you know, probably still a better game script, even if they, you know, just because Seattle doesn't have a Chandler Jones, so they can't just blow by and get like 87 strip sacks. So yeah, Ryan Tannehill uh, and, and a Titan stack, whether it's Julio or Julio and AJ um, is, is going to be one of those kind of lower owned ones that, that people are going to be off that we, we already have seen like this kind of thing work in the past. Ryan Tannehill is almost always throwing at least two touchdowns in a game. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the stack that I'm looking at still a high total game, but like when you went down your list of quarterbacks and your projected ownership, uh, it was mostly quarterbacks on high total games, but no mention of Ryan Tannehill. So that's the kind of, that's the kind of situation that I want to target. Did, uh, I, I, if I'm going to take a team that looked like crap in week one and stack them up, is there any chance the Vikings can block Chandler Jones? Because if they can, Kirk Cousins, not under pressure, is just going to feed Jefferson. He's going to feed Thielen, and that's a high total game, too. And just like Tennessee, the Minnesota side of that game, everyone's like, no, thank you. That's weird. I mean, I think Minnesota is the same. Like, I mean, if you couldn't tell, Minnesota and Tennessee are a couple of my favorite, like, bets for this week. Uh, So, yeah, I, I love Minnesota as well. Uh, the only reason I say Tannehill over Cousins is because we've seen Tannehill, you know, put up a little bit more rushing production and whatnot. But yeah, Cousins is another great play because guess what? He has Jefferson and Thielen and those guys are excellent receivers. So, and, and now Minnesota's going to more of a three wide look. So it's not just that like, oh, all these tight ends on the field, like they're, I mean, KJ Osborne had what, seven catches, 76 yards. Like I'd rather that than like, you know, dumping it to Kyle Rudolph and, you know, Irv Smith. I mean, he was good at some points last year, but like Minnesota opening up the offense and with a top three of Jefferson Thielen and Dalvin cook against a, a explosive Arizona offense that plays up tempo, no less. Yeah, absolutely. Like those, that's probably going to be the two for me. It's going to be Tannehill and cousins will be those, that those two stacks that I, um, that I really kind of go to where you have, kind of this floor ceiling combination that you don't necessarily have um, with a lot of the other ones and people aren't going to be on them just because there's so many other options. So, and, and then, yeah, I'm still going to do go Brady and the Bucks just because I think like they could drop like a 60 piece this week. Um, so yeah, it's Tannehill cousins, Brady in that order of ownership for me, probably this week. Fantasy points per dropback when not being blitzed since 2018. Mahomes is number one. Lamar Jackson is number two. Kirk Cousins is number yeah. three. So we see these ceiling performances from him, but it needs to be exactly the right situation for him. And like I said, if they could just triple team Chandler Jones, they might be okay. And they're only 21st yeah, in pressure I mean, rate, and they don't blitz all that much. They rely on him to generate so much havoc in the backfield. If you can just slow him down, that defense stops looking good all of a sudden. Yeah, and I mean, even if, like, worst-case scenario, if, you know, if, if things go wrong early, it's not exactly bad. Because remember, Kirk Cousins had a lot of big games last year because the defense fell off. And so I think if you just get down and get some negative game script with Kirk Cousins – yeah, he'll he'll get some sacks. He'll he'll, he'll get, take some sacks. He'll probably throw a pick or two or three, but the yards will be there because you're just gonna have to play catch up with two again elite receivers 
and an elite, uh, elite running back that you can throw to out of the backfield. Um, and now, you know, now that Chandler Jones went off in week one, you know, I think Quint Kubiak, that's going to be the number one priority. You know, they'll have a tight end on him uh, every time. Uh, maybe it lowers Cook's, um, you know, target potential a little. Maybe he stays in a chip, but I, I would use the tight ends. You're Minnesota. Um, what else? You know, you have Tyra Conklin. Might as well put him to good use. So, uh, yeah, I, I like Cousins a lot. I think that is that is a really sharp play uh, in a game that they may need. They may need that kind of production uh, out of Cousins <laughs> the way Arizona's defense looked. I mean, that that could have just been the Titans not being ready. Uh, offense, excuse me. But that could have been the Titans not being ready. But either way, we know Arizona's explosive. So, um, yeah, I, I like Cousins a lot. Very quickly, defenses. We're just going to play this one straight up with – which defense are we going to put in? Preferably a cheap defense so we can save some money and spend up at less volatile positions potentially. But the one thing that I want is a defense facing a lot of pass attempts who have the potential to get pressured, fumble, throw picks, lead to big scores. That's all I'm looking for here. In week one, Carson Wentz was the most hit quarterback, hit 10 times on 41 dropbacks. Matt Ryan was hit nine times on 40 dropbacks. Josh Allen was actually hit eight times, but that was 55 dropbacks. That's the Steelers. But so here's the one that really stood out to me because the Jets defensive line is not good because they lost all of their good pass rushers. Sam Darnold was hit eight times on 35 dropbacks last week. I think I'm just going to play the Saints defense. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, I, I claim them in a bunch of leagues in my uh, on waivers. Uh, I like the Saints in the spot. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. Um, you know, and it, you know, you go kind of in that deep, deep down uh, range, and there's really not a ton of options. I mean, Eagles. You, you, you can't play the. F- oh yeah, no, yeah, the Eagles at uh, what are they? 24? 20, 24. Twenty-four. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's got to be the chalk. I mean. That oh, I mean, maybe no, it's, no, maybe no. it won't be. No, people, so? people people don't want to play any defense against San Francisco, and I, I get it because if San Francisco does well, and let's just say San Francisco is leading for most of this game, it's just more running, and I don't want my defense to face anyone that's just running the entire time. I need pass attempts. So if they can somehow get up in this game and force Jimmy G to start passing, we're in business at twenty four hundred bucks. Yeah, and I think I like Philly for this game. I like the under for this game. So. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm like, from my standpoint, Philly should be chalk. I know they're an underdog. So, you know, that's, that'll take people off of them, but um, yeah, I, I like Philly a lot. I think here's an interesting one and uh, you know, nobody will play them, but Miami blitzed 52, 53% of the time, second highest. Like, so they're going to face a lot of pass attempts and they're going to blitz a ton. Uh, so Buffalo could put up 30 points, but they may still turn the ball over. So that's an interesting one. Um, you know, for like that, no one, no one will own, uh, yeah. is Miami. Yeah, I don't know if there is like an overall chalk D here because if the Patri- Patriots were cheaper, the Patriots are probably clearly Broncos. the play against the Jets. Broncos uh, or Patriots, yeah. Yeah, well, how, I, mu- I would think. how much? Or, or the Rams. Whether, how much of the. Oh, no, the Rams. Yeah, no, it's got to be. I think it's Broncos, Patriots. Yeah, because I, I think mean, people are going to pay up. Yeah. Man, 38 and 37 is just so expensive to pay for a defense. That, why wouldn't Saints. you just pay up for the Bucks at 4,100 at that point? The Saints are. The Saints yeah. will probably be end up being the chalk because they're affordable. Yeah. The more and, I look at it, yeah, they will. And they're thirty-one. You gotta, you gotta go against Sam Darnold, like you, especially like we're sharp and we're like, yeah, you know, go against Sam Darnold. Like a casual DFS player is gonna be like, oh yeah, 
Saints going against Sam Darnold. They had Aaron Rodgers to three points. That means Sam Darnold's on pace for like negative 63 points. So yeah, yeah. but <laughs> more, more, more casual players are not afraid to pay up at defense either, though. Like you will True. see the Patriots be used. If you want like a, an actual sneaky one, just based on the Bengals can't block. So the Bears are at home. They are favored in this game. And we did we know that if we're talking about teams that are just gonna pass a ton, it's gonna be the Bengals. That I don't think that the Bears defense is any good, but they're only twenty eight hundred bucks. Like there's so much luck involved with a high scoring fantasy defense is take a cheaper one, take a low owned one in a potential spot where they're facing sixty pass attempts. That's actually one of them. Yeah, the I'm I'm actually just low on the Bears again in this game. So like I'm probably not gonna do it. I, I like the logic though. Um, I mean, I, if I'm going to go to that range, I'd probably still just go Eagles. Like the the fact that they're 4k cheaper, like it's hard for me to get excited about the bears, uh, in that spot. But I mean, uh, if you, I mean, you kind of mentioned it. So a lot of times what I like to do is if I can like cheaply account for like all of the range of outcomes of a game that maybe like a little under owned, I try to do it. So, okay. If I'm building a bunch of cousin stacks and I'm hoping they hit. But what if they don't? I'd like to have some Cardinals defense in there. So Card- Cardinals, if the if you're going Bears at 28, why not go Cardinals at 29? I mean, they're, that's a team that's getting pressure, and their offense is good enough that they're, even though Minnesota likes to run, Arizona's offense is good enough to force Minnesota into pass attempts like we just talked about with Cousins. So there's a scenario where even if Cousins, Jefferson, Thielen have big games, so does the Cardinal defense. They scored 16 DraftKings points last week. Uh Chandler Jones got five sacks all on his own. So, yeah, I think the Cardinals are a real interesting one uh, at 2,900. Yeah, I had them circled completely. And then when we talked about the chalk defense, I don't know why I didn't think about that. The Cardinals might be along with potentially the Saints. Like, they're such a good price. And I think that everyone just saw last week on both sides that I I think that they are a fantastic play, especially per dollar at $2,900. I just think that... If it's not, and like, this is something I'm going to have to really dig into on Friday show uh, when I go over sort of after the injury report, what do the projections look like in terms of ownership that if people Mm -hmm. play the sensible game and play the Saints and Cardinals or are enough people just saying like, fuck it, I'm going to play the Rams that if there's enough of those people out there, then yeah, Saints cards all day. Those are the two plays. And honestly, I, I don't think you have to, especially the way, you know, I think a lot of people, most people building lineups that listen to your show uh, are going to go about it. It's, it's going to be sharp. They're going to target low on guys at other positions. They're going to target kind of leverage plays. They're going to target um, unique stacks. I don't think you have to go crazy on defense. Like, I don't think you have to find this like low owned diamond in the rough on defense. Like last week, for example, there were only five defenses that, that scored in the double digits. Right. So it's like, whether they're a high owned or not, it's like, if you didn't have them, you probably weren't winning the tur- a tournament. And you know what I mean? So it's like, just find the defenses that you think will score the most points. They're going to be cheap regardless. Like 4,100 is expensive for the Rams, but it's still cheap compared to any other player. You know, if they're going to get you like 15 to 20 points. So uh, just find the defenses that you like, you know, I'm probably going to play the Broncos. I'm probably going to play the Rams, the, the Patriots, uh, the Cardinals, and then, and, and then the Saints and like, and the Eagles, like those, those will be my six probably. And it's not because of ownership. It's not because of price. It's just because, uh, it, you know, it's, those are the defenses that I think can have success this week. Uh, I agree with you on that, that you don't need to go find low own Ds, but I do like to figure out what the top two or three most owned are going to be just because the position. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just because there's absolutely 
no real predictability at the position. There's some, but opposed to every other position, it's by far you know, the least predictable. That I just take those three, cross them off my list, and start at number four and go down. And that way, if those ones bust, then I'm in a much better position. And then my roll of the dice comes through a little bit more if I can find that D with the double like touchdown game and the cheap and the I mean the Eagles are really good because you know they're 2400 I don't mind them it would be like if you had played the Cardinals last week at like 2100 bucks or whatever they were and they just allow you to get up a little bit more at running back which is really the point of my entire roster bills like how high how can I get to Christian McCaffrey how can I get to Alvin Kamara let's work from there and sometimes you just can't save enough money to get to both but you can usually save enough to get to one of them and we and we forgot to mention one defense and again like this is like it's a lot to do with matchups on defense, but it's also just the defense, like the Steelers, the Steelers are right between yeah. the saints and the Cardinals. And so if we're thinking that the saints may be chalk or the Cardinals may be chalk, then that still leaves the Steelers at three K uh, 14 DraftKings points last week, shut down a really good Buffalo offense and they could do this against anyone. And we, and we know the Raiders will throw the ball. I mean, they threw the ball around on, on Monday night. So it's not like they won't Derek Carr, you know, he's not really going to be one to escape pressure, you know, uh, or anything. He, he does like to get the ball out quick. So, but the Steelers can certainly get home or they can, they can, you know, cause some turnovers. So like, yeah, if people are, if we think people are playing the, uh, the saints and the cards, then I think the Steelers have to be in play. I mean, they should be in play regardless. They're just one of the best defenses on the slate and they're cheap or they're cheap enough. Yeah, maybe 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 the top of the board, home favorite. Yeah, you know maybe the top of the board won't end up being owned because those are three very compelling plays right in a row: the Saints, Steelers, and Cardinals, and, and Raiders on a short week. Yeah, Raiders. Yeah, I'm come, the come more I think about it, I'm loving the Steelers. Actually. Yeah, I, I, I the one thing I worry about with the Steelers is that they're a better real life defense for what we want in fantasy. As weird as that sounds, like they'll just hold. Vegas to nine points or something, but they're not going to pile up seven sacks and create a bunch of turnovers. They're just going to stuff the run and cause force incomplete passes, <laughs> which is a really weird way to think about things. But I need like these like super volatile defenses that have these huge upsides because they just gamble on every single play. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but at the same, like you said, it's a lot of it's there's not that much predictability. So I mean, I still think the Steelers you know, because they're a good defense still have that potential more than like, you know, the jets, even though yeah. they got a bunch of knockdowns, like, um, and, and you know, the Steelers, you know, they, where they block a punt last week. I mean, eh, they, they're doing some things volatility wise to kind of, I think put them in that conversation. So yeah, I, I'm loving the Steelers the more, more I think about it. Yeah. That, that was the absolute game changer in that game was that block punt touchdown. I mean, cause yep. the offense looked like absolute shit. So, Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. Well, again, again. Speaking of shit, let's play the fill out the shitter lineup. So you're sitting on the can. It is 12 p.m. on Sunday. Oh shit, I got to put in my lineup, but I also have to take a shit. I'm going to sit on the can for 10 minutes, fill out a DraftKings lineup. Who is in this lineup? Because I think that it starts with Najee Harris. I think that he is the play this week at running back. When people scroll down, look at the price, look at the match, and be like, I'm playing that guy. Okay, so are we trying to go for like the our most own lineup no, or no, like the, the high owned lineup? The, 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 the most obvious lineup that you can fill out that casual a guy who's done like four minutes of research is going to fill out. I I think I think he'll go Zeke because I think he won't know the snaps, like you said. I think oh. he won't know Oh, is he, ca you know ca I mean? casual guy is not going to Zeke after what he saw last Thursday. Really? Yeah. I, I, okay, 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 fine. We'll go Najee Harris. Okay. Uh uh, I think I mean I think Let's see. Yeah, Daryl Henderson. Do you, do you think that this person plays McCaffrey? 
just auto clicks McCaffrey. For a tournament, not necessarily. Yeah, but they, they don't know uh, that. They, this person doesn't know the difference between cash and tournament. Are you kidding me? Oh, well, they, they, so then so they don't necessarily know that Najee Harris is 50. Najee Harris had 15 carries for 45, 16 carries for 45 yards or something like that. He's not necessarily playing Najee Harris either. Though. Oh, yeah, no. Not, Najee Harris is going to be, I would say he's the most owned running back this week. They know enough to, oh, to play God. Najee Harris. <laughs> This this person. All right, fine, fine. Let's knock. Let's lock in McCaffrey. Let's okay. lock in Najee Harris. Okay. Uh, I, okay. So d- does this person know enough not to like want to stack like running backs and and other receivers on the same team? Because if so, then I think he plays Higby and not Henderson. Oh yeah, Higby for sure. Hig- Higby's going okay. in. That was a Sunday night game. Like, oh man, he looked fantastic. So Higby is in forty one hundred dollars as the tight end in this lineup. Who's the quarterback? I, quarterback is. Dak, Dak, I think the quarterback's Herbert because you got that that, that green twenty ninth. Nah, actually, Dak thirty one point four. That that's going to stand out. That thirty one. Oh yeah, eight hundred. You make a very good point because Shitter guy is looking at to see who has that like super green next to their name when it comes to matchup as well. Yeah, third next to Dak isn't looking great. So Herbert, Herbert against the twenty ninth okay. defense. There we are, right there. So sixty. So we have forty six hundred dollars. So Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, Ke- uh, got Ke- it. Yep. He, yeah. Completely agree. Okay. So Keenan Allen's in there now too. So that's four thousand dollars left for two receivers, a flex, and a defense. So they need to save money at defense. So who is the cheapest Thanks. cheapest safe defense? I think it's the Cardinals at twenty. At- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think after that week, and and given they'll probably just look at the fantasy points. But well, mm, let's see. Yeah, yeah. Let's go Cardinals. I, I think it's a toss up between the Cardinals and the Saints. You know what? You know, Actually, who, it's yeah. probably the Steelers to tell you the truth. We like this. I don't. You, you think? So? Yeah, you got you to put okay. your you got to put your mind in a different mindset for this one. This yeah, one's but tough. That, but I, but we kind of we like this. Okay, let's go Steelers because they they yeah against Vegas. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got to think. So we got what, what's what's the Steelers narrative right now? The Steelers narrative is man, their defense was so good they shut down yep. Buffalo. Yep. And they're cheap. Yep. It's just because they're cheap because we need to save money. So now we got forty three hundred dollars left. Who's going to be the most talked about cheap player of the week? Is it going to be Cedric Wilson? Is it going to be because they'll they'll see like Twitter yeah. stuff? Wilson, so- Wilson, because you have Herbert and you you've maybe heard one or two things about you know shootouts and and, and game stacks. You don't really know what's going on, but you figure. If I got Herbert and I got Keenan Allen, maybe I should get some someone from this Dallas game. Okay, so now we have a wide receiver and a flex left. We can go another cheap receiver, and that gets us back up to Daryl Henderson or even one of the other, like Chris Carson, like that range. Or we can just go like double mid-range receiver here if we want to. You got to see who the uh, two- I think we'll go with the third running back because we're still casual and we're probably not, you know, we're probably not like savvy enough to go receiver receiver here. Uh, okay. So we want to go to the receiver first? Yeah, let's go to the receiver first. Well, it might it might help to pick the running back, and then we see how much money we have left over okay. at receiver, and just pick whoever the best guy is. Because I think oh, Henderson. Okay. So do we think Henderson's going to be owned enough casually here, even with Higby in? Because mm. the casual guy is not afraid to play tight end and Henderson together. Let's see, Henderson. What do you do? Fifteen point seven at fifty seven. He does have that seventh. And it is the Colts defense who's pretty good. Oh, so. you know, you know who the answer is? It's Elijah Mitchell. Elijah, the casual guys definitely oh, yeah, playing yeah. Elijah. Why, Mitchell. How are we forgetting Elijah Mitchell? Yeah, yeah. all He's, right, that's the chalk. Right. Yeah, okay, so, forty nine hundred bucks for a receiver. Chenault. Let's see, we got. Chen- I'm just looking at this. Chenault. We got Boyd. Will Fuller. Will Fuller. Uh, now, not coming off of an injury. Tim Patrick, hot <laughs> pickup. Jalen Waddle. It's going to be Jalen Waddle. You think it's going to be Jalen Waddle? 
Yeah. He had a, what, 60 yards and a touch against the Patriots in his first ever game? He, he caught 50% of the Dolphins receiver uh, catches. I, I mean, it's I think it's going to be Patrick or Waddle, so I'll let you choose. I'll let you pick. But I think both of those guys, I think Waddle may be higher owned because he has, uh, he scored a little bit more than Patrick. But it's going to be, I think it's going to be, or, or Beasley. I mean, it just depends. Like, I think Beasley's a sharp play. Uh, but does it, oh, actually, no. You know what? Well, no, no one's going to go Marvin Jones against Denver. I think it's Beasley, Patrick, Waddle. It's it's going to be one of those three if you're building a lineup with this build. I you, think. you know what we can do here? Because now, now casual guys thinking around, it's like, oh, you know who I really want to get because I felt stupid about not playing him last week is Jamar Chase at $5,000. So I need to save a hundred dollars so I can go down. Cardinals. From, I can go Steelers to Cardinals. Boom, that lineup works. Yeah, that's actually, and that's probably chalkier because yeah, people are going to want to play Jamar Chase. Yeah. So especially after yeah, Herbert, Najee, McCaffrey, Keenan Allen, Cedric Wilson, Jamar Chase, Tyler Higby, uh, Eli Mitchell, and Cardinals D. There is the uh, shitter guy lineup for you this week. And you know what's funny? It's actually not. <laughs> a bad cash lineup at all you know i mean i i wouldn't i probably would i don't know i gotta i gotta see how my projections are going at the end of the week but i i, I don't think i want to play mitchell against that philly front either way um i think i want to kind of figure out a way to not do that but i mean you know top to bottom it's still a pretty decent cash lineup when you're talking about Herbert McCaffrey's in there. Yeah, Allen's a high. But, but here's guy, the thing: so. I'm not playing cash yeah. games. I'm putting this in the no, no, I know. <laughs> I know. No, I know. I'm just saying that's that's what's funny about it. Is like I don't want to sit here and for anyone that might play both, I don't want to like shit on the lineup as like it's a terrible lineup. But yes, it's a it's a lineup you should not absolutely not play in tournaments because all of these guys are going to be like ten, at least. I would say double digit ownership with a lot of them getting into like the twenties and thirties. Well, it's funny because last week when we, I did this with Levitan and there's a lot of the comments were like, Oh shit. Like th those are my first four picks in my lineup. It's like, yeah, we know that's what we're trying to do here is fill out your lineup uh, as you're just kind of casually clicking on names. Anyway, Chris Raybont action network, tell everyone where they can follow you and highlight what the people need to be tuning into this week from you. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Raybon, C-H-R-I-S-R-A-Y-B-O-N. You can find me on actionnetwork.com. Uh, I'll be putting out my uh, big Sunday slate matchups column uh, on Saturday afternoons uh, where I go through every game from a, a betting and DFS uh, perspective. And uh, tune in to the Fantasy Flex podcast. we got a new feed, Fantasy Flex feed. Uh, so we get me and Sean Kerner, three episodes per week, uh, including a big matchup-by-matchup uh, -matchup episode that comes out uh, every Wednesday. And uh, you can also find me on the Action Network podcast if you're into betting. Uh, me and my guy Stucky, every Thursday, we give our top picks uh, and, and break down every single game. So check out the Action Network podcast. Check out the Fantasy Flex podcast. Check out uh, actionnetwork.com. Download the award-winning Action app and follow me on Twitter. Chris Raybon. That's it. Let's there get this money. I, I'm going to, this went on for a really long time because I enjoyed it way too much. So thank you for the time. I'll hit you back up in like a month from now. I'll have to get you back on again because I know you're, listen to all the stuff you do. Your time is very precious. So I really appreciate it. I know the viewers appreciate it as well. Thanks for coming on, man. Good luck this week. Oh, always a pleasure, Pat. Good luck this week to you as well. All right. Thank you all for watching out there. Remember to download the podcast, sub to the channel, smash the like, 3K receiver in the comment section and go to 
runthesims.com if you want the optimizer, the game projections, the 10,000 ways to simulate the game to see the range of outcomes, the 2v2, the 3v3 DraftKings tool where you can enter your players and look at the range of outcomes for stacks in particular, stacks v stacks. That's the way to do it. And the Advanced Stats Hub is free up there as well if you just want to enter your email. Anyway, that'll do it for me. I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. Family experience! Experience!